Welcome to The Power of Me, creating meaningful success for female leaders who already have achieved success, but still suffer from self-doubt, comparison, competition, and are looking to transform their mindset. Here's your host, Tracy Crossley. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Power of Me, and that is creating conscious and successful leadership meaningfully. So today I have with me Robin Zucker. Hey, Robin, how are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So let me tell you guys a little bit about Robin and her background. So Robin helps businesses get to where they need to go next. She has built and led world-class marketing teams for global tech, media, and entertainment brands, and VC-backed startups, inspiring them to deliver their best work to drive unprecedented growth. She is currently the chief marketing officer at Code Academy, where she leads a team that builds the brand, drives growth, and delivers results for the business. Whether it's starting the social media practice at Yahoo, making a 60-plus-year-old brand relevant at Playboy, or launching a streaming platform at Rivet TV, or as the first CMO of Code Academy to establish the brand and grow the revenue, she's at home challenging the status quo. I love that. She's developed impactful marketing strategies and digital transformation for some of the biggest and most iconic brands in the world, as well as new startups. She's a data-driven marketer, building brands and direct relationships with customers in evolving business landscape. And she delivers revenue, awareness, engagement, and results. Robin lives in the Hollywood Hills with her family, and she is a member of the Wilshire Boulevard Temple Board of Trustees and was named a 2022 Business Insider CMO to watch. Wow, that is very impressive. So, Thank you. I, I keep busy. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody says that, right? Once you start, uh, you know, reading a bio and it's like, wow, I am I pretty impressive. <laughs> well, I think we don't look at our full background all the time. It is, but it is, I think, you know, the longer I work, the more I work with people that are kind of like rising in the ranks. And so, you know, I, I tend to mentor a lot and people ask a lot of questions, but yeah, I think we... We kind of progress day by day. We forget how long the journey has been and how much we've learned on the way. But um, yeah, it's been a fun journey into like the status quo piece. I mean, I think I'm fortunate that I really cut my teeth in digital first businesses. So I've just learned that as much as things, uh, you figure something out, there's no set it and forget it. So that's just how I operate. And, I, and I'm comfortable operating there, which I think is an important skill set in the world we live in today. <laughs> Oh, definitely. I mean, change is happening all the time and to be able to pivot and to be in the forefront of it, I think says a lot. So let me ask you the question of how I like to start off, which is basically when you were a little girl, what did you want to do when you grew up? <laughs> uh, well, originally I wanted to be a vet. I really liked animals. And then I discovered that you had to dissect them as part of the process to becoming a vet. And I changed uh changed my tune really quickly from there yeah i can understand that i wanted to be a doctor and kind of the same thing so <laughs> i wanted to help people so um okay so you know as you're you're growing up and you know you go to college or you know you start off your life in your career did you start off in marketing like did you make a pivot okay you did start off in marketing well, I started off as a major in college as an architecture major, mm -hmm. which I think when you think about what you want to be when you grew up, I don't know that I completely, even though I did an internship in high school there, 
Um, I had a mom who's very influential. So she was a working mom. She was a teacher, took a few years off when she first had my sister and myself. But, you know, she, you know, was a generation where if you were a woman, you're like a secretary, a teacher, a nurse. So like, I think if she was born as my peer, she might've become a lawyer or something professional for sure. So in her mind, um, you know, she was very career-minded. So my sister and I were both raised to be career-minded. My sister's an engineer, a rocket scientist, who's now an antique dealer. But, you know, so we were both very focused on, you know, independence and, you know, having a career. So, you know, I like design and art. And so I ended up starting off as an architecture major, mm -hmm. which I quickly realized was not what I thought it was. I had always been fascinated by advertising. So I ended up moving into what was then called the College of Communications, College of Media, studying kind of marketing and advertising. And then I graduated, had an internship, graduated college, worked at a big ad agency. So relatively speaking in my 20 plus year career, like I'm still in the same career. I mean, granted, it doesn't look anything like it did when I started, but like I haven't really pivoted in that way. Right. So I'm still doing the same thing. It's that status quo. So I just have keep built, built keep building on what I've already been doing um, for 20 plus years. Right. And so, you know, in the 20 plus years, obviously you've come across challenges, um, but I want to more so focus on what kind of challenges you have come across as a leader in that time period, you know, when you've been in that position. I mean, I definitely think I came into everything I've been doing, having, you know, really started the digital first companies with all the change. Um, always being ready for what's next. I think the more senior I get, there's fewer women that are my peers. I'm often in a room with a lot of men, which is great and I'm very respected, but there's a different dynamic that men and women present. There's different expectations. And so I think it's, I could say the same thing, do the same thing as a counterpart and it's perceived differently. And that's been, as I came up, that happened sometimes. I'm from New, originally from New York. We're just talking about we're both from California where it's actually rained. So I'm, you know, I'm born and bred New Yorker. So, you know, that definitely comes across in my style. I tend to be very focused on getting things done. I'm an activator. And sometimes when that comes from a woman, it's just perceived differently. Um, so I think that's, that's one piece that probably started even before I was really in a leadership role um, and in a leadership role. I think that you know I'm often in a room and the only female, um, and also I think people look up to me in a different way, which is great, which is awesome. There's plenty of women or other folks, not just women, that like see what I do as a mom who works and as a woman, and you know I think I that that helps kind of have people see that somebody can have this life, and I don't mean balanced or whatever, just that you can kind of live, live your life, especially now that we're all like living life kind of together as a family for work, for play and everything else. So um, I think those are some of the challenges. Um, what I'm seeing lately, you know, especially I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of different companies post, post being at Yahoo, a really big company and Playboy is, you know, the more I work, the more people I work with that have less and less experience. And so it's that balance of like, there's things I just sometimes might know just because I've done it so many times, or I would call it a gut feeling. It's not really a gut feeling. It's just from experience. So it's really figuring out like who, who are the folks that I'm with at that point in time and how do I translate something into a way that they understand it in general. But then I think especially as a marketer and given how much marketing changes and the role of marketing, 
there's a lot of explanation there as well. So I think it's just, those are some of the challenges is just meeting my audience, whether it's as a marketer or as a peer, like meeting folks where they're at and what do people need to know and how do they get involved in that so that it's not me coming at them. It's really me kind of working with them and um, kind of figuring out how we figure things out together. I like that. So it kind of leads to you must navigate your relationships you know, at work in a way where you obviously you respect other people and where they're at. And so, because I think for a lot of women, you know, I'm going back a little bit, but for a lot of women coming up, I think it's hard to navigate when you have a strong personality and know how, I don't want to say to play the game because I don't want to call it a game, but to navigate that. And it sounds like you've been able to navigate that. Yeah, I definitely have some people I admire at game playing. Uh, I don't, not even in a negative way, but that can navigate that, that are probably more men. And I'm almost like, I want lessons from you. But I think even if I did what they did, it would be different. So I tend to be much more um, focused on just driving results, which is definitely important. But I think that navigation and understanding that relationship building is important. Um, and it's just, it gets more complex because it's not just, it's not just like, oh, there's different genders or different ways people you know, do things. There's now different generations. There's different folks that come up in different ways, whether it's your peer or the person that you're managing that's like, I've been in this role for three seconds. Where's my promotion? Where's my raise? And my trying to like explain to people in general, like you could have career development without a title or a salary change. Like that's what I've discovered over the course of my career is like you don't always get that, but there's other things that you get. And some are tangible where it's like, oh, I know now how to do this thing on Google. Or some is just like, oh, now I understand what to look at where I could have avoided an issue I ran into. So, you know, I think it's across like leading isn't just, it's obviously at the leadership level, but it's also like the teams and like, especially in, you know, markets like this and other things, it's like, how, do, how does everyone feel like there's still value creation for them and that they're learning, which is, I think for me that getting back to the status quo, which is a little bit of my theme is just like, I keep learning, you know, I'm well over 20 years into my career and, you know, I learn every day, which I think is, I've been really fortunate that I've gone down this path because that also keeps me engaged and also keeps me relevant. I love that. I think it's important. I think, you know, me personally, I'm also somebody who I feel I'm learning my whole life. I'm a, I'm a student of life, right? And, you know, it brings me to, because I've done a lot of studying and read, I should say, read a lot of studies and done a lot of research about female leadership, because it was just something that was really getting to me, where I keep, you know, I keep reading the way that women are portrayed in the media, or I, you know, read about how there's only 21% of uh, CEOs in the US are women. And, you know, there's- Oh, I didn't know it was that high. Yeah, I, right. So because what you're saying, when you're in a room full of men at a certain level at the sea level, I think that that's the norm. And so it brings me to how do other, you know, in one of the statistics, I should say, was talking about how women have trouble connecting with other women, you know, in a, oh. in a way where we're supportive with each other. We can be, I think, supportive with people who aren't, let's say, competition and yet that's that's a whole other ball of wax. But I think we can be helpful to them to some degree. But how do we actually cross that bridge, you know, and and become more of a group, let's say? 
I've got to say I'm really lucky um, on that front. I think having worked at some bigger companies, kind of, you know, Yahoo or Netscape or even Playboy, like I've always had a group of women and I still have them. I mean, so, I mean, I'll take Yahoo, for example, I have like my B2B marketing ladies, my consumer marketing ladies, my like, um, you know, then I got adopted into like the product women. So I have a lot of women that are relatively speaking, my peers that we've for years have still gotten together. We used to go to lunch and some of the guys were funny. They're like, can't we go to lunch with you guys? <laughs> so I still have a share of, of, of guys that I am, but you know, so I think there's just that camaraderie that we've all had, even when we were kind of working together and peers, there was never like, it was never like that competitive nature. And I, I've just been so fortunate to have like a variety of folks. I even have like people I've grown up with, like one of my best friends from like junior high school, even it's like, we kind of coach each other just on, you know, dealing with, you know, the issue of being a woman or just even being like Gen X versus like, kind of like how we approach things, which is, I think a little bit more intense sometimes than others. So I feel really fortunate that I have like so many women I can reach out to. Um, I also became a founding member of Albright, which was a women's club in LA, which unfortunately is no longer in LA post pandemic, but just, and it was something even going into it, I was like, oh, that's so not for me, but it was really nice because I think it was just getting together with like-minded people. So I've been really fortunate that I think the time I kind of came of age as a woman and being in tech and just other things, it wasn't that like scary kind of what you used to see in the movies, like women kind of sabotaging each other. Yeah. So I feel really, I feel really supportive. I feel like um, even in my current role, like another member of the leadership team, who's someone you should talk to, she's um, coaches, uh, coaches rug, men's rugby in her spare time. She's a former rugby player. So she's like former, you know, former military, you know, Harvard undergrad, like just brilliant, wonderful woman. But like, you know, I'm just like, you need to talk about this more because like, I thought you were coaching women's rugby, but you're coaching like this. So like, what's your ability and the fact that you can get a group of like rugby athletes to follow you. So I think I've just been really fortunate that I haven't had that as an issue at mm -hmm. all. That's great. I think it's yeah. great because I think we need to hear that as well, because when you read, like I said, research or statistics and you go, oh my gosh, it sounds like the world's falling apart or women really aren't in the workplace or they're quitting. I keep reading articles or quitting, yeah. but. Yeah, I, well, a few things. I do remember back from business school, we did this case study. So, I mean, like when I went to business school, I think it was like 30% female. So I was like, this is awesome. This is great. But um, we did a case study in our HR class on like, why are there so few women? Like, why are there less women? And I think part of it was just because you go in your mid, maybe you're 25, 26. For some people, that's when they want to start having kids. So it's not the right time. So I think that, you know, so that kind of people start kind of opting out or just opting towards something else that's right for them. And so I think what I found is as I've gone, gotten more senior is when I feel really felt more of being kind of the, being a woman and just some stereotypes or things that like people that I've worked for have even said that are just like, wow, you said that to me, you know, just like, just surprising. And I think it's just because, or even those comments sometimes you might get that are like, oh, well, you have a husband, you know, so like they work too, or, you know, things like yeah. that, which, you know, I'm hopeful for my I have two boys. So like, they definitely understand like, 
the dynamic of, you know, working couple and contributions. So when they meet anybody, they're like, oh, what does so-and-so do? They just have this expectation that there's always that kind of unit of, you know, in a family that, you know, both, and it's, it's everyone's, it's, it's people's um, choice of what to do, but yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting journey, but yeah, again, really fortunate that I've had a lot of great women and I've had a lot of great men as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I think there's a dynamic that happens in an organization, but I think there's also those folks when some of those stereotypical things happen where I'm like, here's an idea. And then two seconds later, someone else says it and they're like, Bob, great idea. But then there's like the other, the guy on the other side of the table that's like, Robin just said that. So there's some of those things that happen and it's just, it's, it's changing. It's going to take time, but um, you know, it's, I found a way to make it work and it's just, I'm conscious of it. And, you know, I can't change who I am as I can't, you know, I can't change who I am and my disposition. And I, I don't want to, so I just have to find the right places to operate. Mm -hmm. and just continue to deliver results. So I love that. And I think it's important because it feels like, you know, yourself. And I think that's another thing too, is that self-acceptance, right? It's like, okay, this is who I am. This is what's happening. And I think a lot of women, you know, that are not in that position, I think that's what kind of creates the struggle is that fear of what other people think or what other people want from you. I think, that's where it's helpful, I think, to have like trusted people and it could, doesn't have to be male or female, but like, who's the person that's going to tell you, like, don't be shy about asking for more money. They're not going to be, or, or, or a bigger role or other things. Like it has to be done differently probably than when a man does it, but I think it's okay. And like, what's the worst thing someone's going to say is no, even when you're negotiating, it's always, it's never comfortable to negotiate her, you know, salary in a role, but like, you know, I think that at the end of the day, um, sorry, I might have to tell me if that's, if that's a little too noisy, but um, I can move bit. rooms if needed. Sorry. Um, well, tell me. If, it's okay. It's okay. Just keep going. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Just sorry. I didn't okay. anticipate that. Um, so I think that it's just, you know, you have to learn and you have to be comfortable with like either pushing what you feel is comfortable to push and you can't force somebody to act a certain way. But I think, especially if you do good work and do good things, you have to just find a way to be comfortable. But I think that's life. That's not just in work. That's just in life. And I think, you know, the more experience you have, the more you're like, that was so stupid that I thought that years ago. Like I just even recently found a journal. I, I didn't even realize I journaled in college and just some of the things that I thought about or that bothered me, I kind of laugh at now, but you don't know that until, you know, you kind of have that experience under your, under your belt. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So what would you say that you love about leadership? Like, what do you love about <clears throat> what you're able to accomplish or how you feel about it when you, you know, you wake up uh, on a work day and you go to work? I think it's the impact I can have on other people, like the people that are on my team and really empowering them and enabling them. I mean, ultimately it's just del delivering the results. I don't deliver the results on my own. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of working with a group of folks, but then also like unlocking their potential. So like, I have never had like a dedicated mentor. Even when I think about like mentors, I think it's some of these women that I've worked with over time that it's like, I don't need someone that's more senior in other ways. So like, if I can help shed light or guide somebody to get to someplace faster or to a realization faster, that's really satisfying. Okay. And one, and one last question before we get to wrapping it up, but 
what would you say, you know, you've been able to pivot and you've been able to, let's say, stay at the status quo. And I think one of the things that we we haven't addressed about that was, you know, when you talk about the status quo, I think that's really hard for people to do when they don't feel comfortable with themselves or what they're doing. They feel like they have to constantly reinvent themselves. And mm. right, because a lot of times if you're able to maintain the status quo and you're happy in it, it means you're growing in it, right? So what would you say are are some things that have enabled you to do that that you could hand off, let's say, to somebody else who that's not so easy for them to do? Well, I'd say my status quo is in status quo. It is like my status quo like is in status quo, if that makes sense. But um, I think I'm just also like, I know what I'm good at. And so it's really focusing on like, what are things that are similar? How do I keep building on those skill sets? I also know what my weaknesses are and not that I don't want to improve them, but I'm like, here's where I'm really strong. Let me keep going in that direction. I am also curious. So even as I like gone down the path of my career, I ended up, this is 10 years ago, you know, developing and running the social marketing practice at Yahoo. I had been on the B2B side. That wasn't because that was like a clear fit. And I didn't even have an agenda to do it. It was just like, I was curious, like, this is a really important area as, you know, and we're a digitally endemic company. What's the right way to explore it? So I think it's just like, I think you need to understand yourself. And so I think, you know, one of those things is, um, I forgot what it was. There was this, this kind of like, you know, test we took at Yahoo, but it's like, you know, what are your strengths? So like, I know, like, for instance, I'm an activator or like, what are the things that get me going? And so I really just keep looking for those. And then as I have changed jobs or, or even look for different roles or taking on different responsibilities with a company, where do I, where do I feel comfortable? Like, where is that core piece that I'm comfortable with? I might still try those things outside of it. But always thinking about like, so I'm really comfortable leading marketing and I'm comfortable with all the brand stuff, but I really like the anchor of having data and being able to say, oh, you didn't like the thing I did, but like, here's the numbers. So like you subjectively might not like it, but like it's driving revenue or it could be something on social media where it's like, you might not like what that was. And as long as it's not off, you know, brand or, you know, not aligned to the company, we had tremendous engagement. So I always look for that balance of like art and science. For me, that's what works. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so I think I think people just need to spend the time on like what gets them excited. I even think a perfect example is even now, like people I'm unofficially counseling, just friends are like, oh, I'm so frustrated about this aspect of my job. And I'm like, but what is good about it, right? Like you have flexibility, you're continuing to grow, you have a young child, you're home with them. So I think for me, I'm always like, there is no status quo in that sense either. Nothing is perfect. And so it's really looking for what am I getting out of this? Or like, what can I get out of it that I'm not getting out of it? Like, if there's something I still want to learn, can I find a way to do that in my current role? So even if I'm not progressing, you know, hypothetically me or somebody else, I'm still kind of gaining that skill set for the future. I think that's a great way of looking at it because I think a lot of times people think, well, if I'm excited about something, then I might not make the money that I want to make. So I think it's translating excitement. Um, I have someone I, I mentor, she's probably like 25, 26 now, and she graduated university. She was just obsessed with the music industry and wanted to work in the music industry. I was like, you should just really get really strong marketing skills because like, I'm telling you like anything that's like that is going to be not not the best like skill building in terms of marketing because you're probably getting people's coffee 
and it's going to be a very different dynamic. And so she really wanted to do it. She pursued it. And I think she realized on her, and it's not a criticism of, of the industry at all, but, you know, for her, she was so, she was so much, you know, she loved music and there was this fantasy. And like, I think sometimes it's like, yeah, maybe don't mix some of those like things you like to do day to day, not that it can't fit in. So I think it's just like understanding what drives you, because I also think, and this is like really aligns to kind of the work that we do in terms of marketing our product, like we're positioning, like learning how to code, not just as a way to get a better job, but it's like, what's the life you want to lead, right? So if like having better skills and doing better things enables you to lead that full life, like you want to enjoy what you're doing at work, but I work and I love working, but I love to travel and I love my kids. And what I have right now enables me to do that. And so there might be aspects of it that are not perfect, just like finding a spouse or buying a house, but it's like, it, it's, it's good enough. And I don't mean good enough. It's great. It's just like, you're never going to have everything. And even once you have it all, you're going to want something else. So it's kind of like, what are the important things for me as a person? Where does work fit into that? And if I'm not getting it, do I get it from another aspect of my life? Or can I create something within this kind of work journey that's going to at least get me to that next thing? So I think it's just, that's the status quo. It's like, as soon as you figure it out, it changes. So, which is great because it means you're progressing, but for some people, it makes them a little bit probably nauseous. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I'm one of those too, so I totally understand it. Um, I had to uh, stop doing that to people on my team where I'm like, hey, guess what? We're going to be doing this now. And they're like, what? Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. But that's what uh, you know. I think keeps me curious and keeps me excited as well. So is there any parting words that you would like to leave the audience with before we wrap it up? Um. No, I mean, I think like uh, if you can find a other group of women or other people to bounce ideas off, they don't have to be in the same industry. I also think, you know, like reach out to people. People always are, you know, a lot of people are flattered when you ask for guidance or advice. So I think don't be shy. I think you'd be surprised at kind of like the doors that it opens. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think just don't expect status quo. And if you're comfortable with that, you'll be comfortable in life. I love that. And I, I totally agree a thousand times over. So anyways, Robin, thank you for joining me today. And thank you everybody for listening. And I will be back again on The Power of Me. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Power of Me. For more information or to learn about Tracy's programs, please email business at tracycrossley.com. Dot com. That's business at tracycrossley.com. dot com.